Come on, come on, church. Give it up. No, no, give it up. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. Come on. Man, oh man, man. Church, it is Sunday. Sunday. Hey. Oh, you let me say it. Sunday. What is it? Sunday. It's our fun day. Come on. As we come together as his church and sing praises to an awesome God and celebrate life change through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Right? Man, I want to talk about that, celebrating life change by Jesus Christ. I know Ashley talked about this light. Man, come on. Come on. You know, we praise God for Vaughn's salvation. We praise God for Ashland's salvation. We praise God for Avery's salvation, man. We praise God for changing lives. Come on, right, church? Come on. That is our mission as a church, to make more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. And more and better. Let me understand. We don't just want to see this light on. Our desires for every single person who accepts Jesus Christ is to grow in their faith. Right? Not just to hit as infants in their faith. We're going to talk about that today. But to grow in their faith. So they go share the message of hope and lead other people to Christ and bring them along with them as they're walking with Jesus. Right? That's what the church is all about. More and better disciples of Jesus Christ. That's what this church is all about. So we praise God. Now we just lift them up and ask them to walk with Jesus for the rest of their life. May, they, may he be a pursuit in their lives. May it never, ever end. Well, hey, church, you know what? I want to say this to shout out to the online group. Good morning to all those who are joining us online. We are stoked. Yeah, we got it back. We're back online. We're so thankful that we can, you can connect with us. And the word of God is reaching you no matter where you are at. If you didn't know, we were hacked. We had to shut everything down for a few weeks, but we are back at it, and we're so thankful for that. And if you're new with us, welcome. Come on, welcome to Vertical Church, man. We love the fact that you are here today. Come on, yeah, get up for our guests. We've been praying for you to show up. We've been praying for you to come and hear the message of hope that today maybe you experienced uh, the love of Jesus in your life in a real and personal way. When you walk out, your life will be radically changed because of the gospel of Christ. Amen. So we're so thankful you're here today. We hope that you feel welcome and wanted and you'll just be back with us next week as we chase this life with Jesus Christ. Gang, last week we started this series called Greater Than. We started with a series called Greater Than. It's a series to dig into the most common problems that we have as human beings, and that is which we compare ourselves to other people. We look at the people around us in life. We look at people who are closest to us or the people who are from a distance from us, and we look and say, okay, I want what they have. I want to live what they're living. I want to be who they are, and we start comparing our lives to them, and we think they are greater than us. We think that our lives would be better off if we had what they had. We think that we would feel better about ourselves if we looked like they, how they look or do what they are doing. They are smarter. They are prettier. They are thinner. They are taller. And we go through this and we start comparing ourselves all the time all around us. And when we do that, we go to the land of Ur. We walked through that last week. If you missed last week's conversation, I would encourage you to go to our podcast and get back into it, because you understand what this land of Ur is. Because when we choose to go to the land of Ur, when we start toiling to be like everyone else, many times we start living with this deep sense of missing out. Like, we just don't have enough. We are discontent. We have envy. We have this feeling of emptiness inside, or brokenness, or we feel like we're unwanted, or unworthy, or we're not good enough. 
And the conclusion we came to last week is that I wanted you to write it down. I wanted you to type it in your notes. I even challenged you to tattoo it on the person's next to you on their arm. Did anybody ever do that? Good. That was not good advice, all right? That's not something you're going to follow. The conclusion we came to is this. There is no win in comparison. There is absolutely no win in comparison. There's no satisfaction. There's no sense of accomplishment. There's no fulfillment. And when we go through life living like this, comparing ourselves to others, we, so much is being stolen from us with what God wants from us. Mark Twain, I think he said it best when he said, comparison is a death of joy. Comparison is a theft of joy. And I absolutely love that he made this statement so long ago. It tells us that comparison kills the very attribute that God desires to instill in our lives when it comes to following him. And that's joy. Scripture says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Right? It is our strength. And if we are living in such a way where we're comparing ourselves to others, we're killing our joy. Oh, it just got a little bit real, didn't it? It's killing our joy. And we wonder why many of us are walking around in weakness. Come on. So last Sunday, as we got to this point, I left you with this question. If there is no win comparison, then where is our reference point for success? If there is no win in comparison, where is our reference point for success? How do we know if our lives are okay? How do we know if we are successful or accomplished? I mean, if we, my idea is that we, we really ever ask ourselves this question. How do I know? If my marriage is where it needs to be, how do I know if my marriage needs to go further? How do we know if we're leading our home properly or raising our kids or we're doing what we're called for work or if our bank accounts or, what, or our possessions, our looks or everything? Where are we looking? Church, where are you looking for your reference point for success? Now, you know the answer. I mean, the answer we're going to talk about this morning because we're in church and in church we talk about God. Surprise. All right, it's all about Jesus. Um, because when it comes to our lives, we have one reference point to check back and evaluate our lives. One. Absolute one. And we may say that's right. We know it. We want to be there. But many times in our walk, and if we're absolutely honest, church, we really go there. We really go there. Now, if you're in this room and you don't have a relationship with Jesus yet, yes. yet, then it makes sense for you to take your cue from the world. It makes sense to, for you to buy in what the world is telling you. Like, oh, this is what success looks like. This is what my life is supposed to look like. I'm pulling it from the world. It makes sense. But if you're in this room and you have a relationship with Jesus, you're a follower of Jesus Christ, we, have, we know we have a reference point, but we miss it too. For some reason, we take our eyes off of God and place them square on the world in front of us, and we say, that is how I'm going to evaluate my life. There is no win in comparison. No win. And we completely miss 
When we live that way, you completely miss the truth of his God and his love for us. So as we walk through this morning conversation, it's my hope for you and me to walk through this to change our perspective. Put our eyes on the one who, who it needs to, where it needs to be, right? And we can bust free from this comparison trap that we're living in, and it's messing with our lives, and put it into where it belongs so we can start living the life we're called to live. Amen? All right, let's get in this. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, we're starting at verse 4 this morning. Galatians 4, verse 4. If you grabbed an orange Bible on the way in, you will find it on page 796. 796. And by the way, if you grabbed an orange Bible on the way in and you don't have a Bible of your own, please take it. That is our gift for you. We desire for you to have a copy of God's word. Um, so 796 or Galatians 4 verse 4. Gang, as you open your Bibles or your Bible apps, you're going to Galatians. Galatians was written by a follower of Jesus. His name was Paul. And he's writing to a group of churches that seem to have been influenced by a bunch of legalism that was taking place. Legalism that was telling people they needed to live a certain way to be accepted, uh, live a life that was right. And it had, you have these things in your world. You need to jump through these hope and the hoops and then you'll be accepted. And if you didn't live how they were telling you to live, to add these things to you and they compare your life to the rest around them and says, you don't fit. It doesn't fit. You don't fit. That's what Paul is writing to, and it kind of sounds like our society right now, if you ask me. Right? You have to have these things. You have to jump through these hopes. You have to, hoops. You have to look this way in order to be successful. Then Paul steps on the scene, and he's writing this letter to remind them who they are and who they belong to. And he sets the stage at the end of the chapter 3, actually. Yeah, he, and this is really cool. He actually gives us the answer first. Then he gets into the details and the proof of the answer. He gives us the answer first, and then he gets into the details. So if you have your Bibles open, just go look a little few verses backwards to chapter 3, verse 26, or you can follow along on the screen. Look what he's saying. So in Christ Jesus, you're all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. That baptism is not, he's not talking about water baptism. He's talking about being submerged into Christ, brought into this relationship. He's not, it's not a water baptism. And he says, you have clothed yourselves with Christ. You're not putting on a, a coat of Jesus, okay? It means he is, you are so wrapped up in this relationship with God. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave or free, nor is there any male or female. You are all one in Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus so I think about this. Why do I turn to God as my reference point for success? The answer is right there. Because I am a child of God. Why would I turn to God? Because I'm a child of God. It makes perfect sense. I'm a child of God through faith. That my life was surrendered to Jesus Christ. Why is there no win in comparison? Because in Jesus Christ, you and me, we are one and the same. There is no one greater than another. At the foot of the cross, when it comes to Christ, we are all equal. It makes no sense for you and I to go through life looking to the left and looking to the right and looking like this is what I all need when we're called by Scripture just to simply look up. Look up. Because our relationship with God is all that matters. 
But Paul understood his answer wouldn't be enough for these Galatians. And maybe the answer for us, that's not enough for us. We feel the same way. Just hearing the answer is enough for us. We need the details. We need to be persuaded. We need the evidence. So that's where we look at chapter 4, verse 4. Look at that on the screen or your Bibles. It says, but when, we, when the set time had fully come, God has sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under law that we might receive ad- adoption to sonship. Just at the right time in human history, this chapter, just at the time in human history, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to save humanity. See, before Jesus, friends, in Old Testament Judaism, that's a religion they were living out, they were governed by the law. It was called the law of Moses or the Mosaic law. It was given them to govern their lives and to keep them in a right standing with God. They lived by faith, but they were followed the law or governed by the law. And what Paul is writing to here, he is digging at the very thing that they were trying to uphold. You need to uphold the law. You need to be this way. They were trying to persuade them to live this under the law. Because at the beginning, since the beginning of the fallen world, God proclaimed that he would send the one that would fulfill the law, completing the law. The one at the time the law was pointing to someone to come, someone greater, his name was Jesus. So Paul was taking this idea, saying, okay, you've been, you think you're going to be a follow along, you have people telling you you've got to live this certain way, and they say, no, 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 the law has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Believe in that. And this is huge, friends. That means God did something amazing through Jesus. He did something for everyone. It wasn't just for the Jews. It was for the Gentiles. It wasn't just for select people. It was for all humanity. God sent his son. He sent his son for you and for me. And be very, very clear, he just didn't send him from Galilee to Jerusalem. He didn't send him from a manger to the cross. He sent him from heaven to earth. If you were to go back this afternoon, open your Bibles, and and what are you going to do? You're going to? You're going to read your Bibles, church. Go to Philippians chapter 2, read verses 1 through 11. You're going to see that Jesus Christ is God. God became man for you and for me. Why? Why would God do that? Well, Scripture says to redeem us. To redeem us is a transactional term, the buyback, to regain that was lost, to attach something that has been unattached, to rejoin something that has been separated. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to buy back us from our slavery, from our sin. Sin separates. Christ connects. Write that down. Sin separates, Christ connects, and God sent Jesus to reconnect us back to God for the price of our sin. Because of our sin, we're all separated from God, and Jesus came to pay the bill. So that through faith and life surrender him, we can be reconnected relationally, eternally, with the one who loves us the most. 
So, so you can see right now, Paul is, di- is sharing the details of what he said in, in chapter 3. He said, when God, when God, when Paul's saying when God sent his son Jesus, it wasn't simply to forgive our sins or simply we can die when we die. Our eternal zip code is not in, it's in heaven, not in hell. He's saying this in his verse that it's much bigger than that. It's much bigger than that. God sent his son into the world to make it possible that it was done intentionally for you and I to be adopted into sonship. To bring us in. To make us family. Are you with me, church? And then he explains further. Because you are his sons in verse 6. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. A spirit who cries out, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but God's child. Since you are his child, God made you also an heir. We stop there again as we surrender our lives to Jesus. We receive the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit comes, and he is a deposit of a guarantee of who we are and whose we are. And he comes and he resides in us to lead us in life. He counsels us, and he gives us that gut feeling when we're getting ready to do something stupid. He's like, okay, you don't want to do that. Because he's reminding of us of our relationship with Abba Father. That we are sons and daughters of the King. Paul also writes this in Romans chapter 8 verses 15 and 16. Look what it says. And by him, the Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit testifies that with our spirit that we are God's children. The Holy Spirit of God residing in us is a witness, a testimony that we belong to him. That he is our father. That we are God's children. He is our heavenly father. He is our Abba father. Now Abba is an Aramaic word that's translated very loosely as dad or daddy. When Jesus was praying in the garden of Gethsemane, Mark 14, verse 36, Jesus refers to him as Abba Father. It was so relational, so emotional, so intimate that the Greek language, there really wasn't equivalent for the word they need to use. The closest word that the Greek language had come to was the word Father. But that wouldn't do it enough when it comes to the word Abba. And when the, when the New Testament writers are writing this down, and when, when Paul was praying, when Paul was writing this down, when Jesus was praying, he didn't want to capture the essence of what this word truly means, Abba Father, that God was sending his son to redeem us. He realized the word Father just wouldn't do because the word Father is too formal. Then we need to understand that God is our dad. Rich. We can't call God dad. He's God. And this is exactly Paul's point. Exactly Paul's point. These followers were looking at this relationship with the God of the universe and said, we can't, we can't call him Abba Father. We can't call him Daddy. I mean, he's God Almighty. And this is where I've been leading us to the last couple weeks. 
because we, when we walk through this, we miss this. Why? Because we constantly compare ourselves to others because you and I fail to capture the true relationship you and I have with God. God the Father, our Abba Father. So here's the point. What if, what if we saw God as our dad? What if we start looking at God as our dad? Now, for some of us, I get this. This is tough. This is tough for us to grasp because our earthly dad wasn't who he was supposed to be. He didn't live out what he was supposed to live out. He hurt you. He abandoned you. Maybe he broke you emotionally. And that's the case, man, I am truly sorry. I'm truly sorry that there's dads in this world that exist like that. But let me just point you to the one who is nothing that you experienced. When I say God is our dad, I'm not saying that you and I are running around like a bunch of children going, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Right? I mean, seriously. In fact, many times if you read scripture, God is calling his church to grow up. He says, quit being infants and wanting spiritual milk. Grow up. And he really says, you deserve, you should have this full course meal, but you can only have this little spiritual milk because you're not growing up. Many times he says, you need to grow up, church. So when I say, Abba, Father, he is our dad, our daddy, this term Abba doesn't mean infancy. It means intimacy. A deep-rooted relationship with the God of the universe. There's a sold-out love for us, for him, and him for us. There's a correction when we're wrong, a discipline when we're out of line, that God is an example for us to follow. Come on, if you had a dad in your life, you look up to your dad like, I want to be like him. Every little kid looked like that. That's what a relationship is to be with God. Look up and say, I want to be like him. That's a transformation that's supposed to take place with every follower of Jesus. Man, we're supposed to look more like Jesus and less like the world. And Jesus is God. Dad is our protection. Dad is our provider. Dad is where we look for, for affirmation, fulfillment, satisfaction for success. God is saying to each and every one of us, he goes, I love you for who you are, but I love you too much to leave you that way. We've got some growing up to do. I'm going to change you from the inside out. I'm going to start with your hearts. And along the way, we're going to work on some stuff, and it might be hard, but you need to know one thing as we walk through this life together, God is telling every single one of us. He's saying, I love you. Don't look anywhere else but here for approval. Church, instead of us looking out, we need to look up. Instead of comparing our lives to others or what society says we need to be or what we need to have, man, we need to fully know and recognize we find our approval, our worth, our connectedness, our satisfaction, and our joy in our Heavenly Father, our Abba Father. Take your cue from the one who made you. Come on, take your cue from the one who made you. There is so much 
in you that your heavenly fathers want you to see. There's so much that he has planned for you. God has a will for your life, a purpose for your life. You just need to trust him and seek him in it. We need to be willing to say, God, accomplish in me what you want to accomplish in me. I'm no longer going to look to the world because I belong to you. And when we don't understand fully that relationship, of course we're going to look to the world. When we grab a hold of our identity, man, when you talk about this in a small group, when we fully know that we belong to him and whose we are, who cares what other people say? Who cares what other people think? Church, he doesn't compare you to anyone else. So why do you compare yourself to everyone else? Stop it. Could you imagine? Could you imagine that what that would do in your life? Could you imagine how your life would change right here, right now, if you just stop comparing your life to someone sitting next to you, your life to the other business around you, your life to those people at school, in your class, or on your team? Could you imagine how that would radically change your outlook? That your perspective is no longer looking out, but you're looking up to your Abba Father, intimate, deep relationship who loves you, who died for you, See, some here, you have heard the truth of Jesus. Some here, you have heard, you've heard the truth of Jesus for some time. But because there are others in your life that you fear would make fun of you, unfriend you, judge you, reject you, you refuse to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Refuse. Let me just tell you, friends, that's a land of Ur. Because you're looking out there saying, that's what I need to be like. And if they don't accept me, then it's not enough for me. That's the land of Ur. And if you're in this room watching online or listening on the podcast, let me just tell you, (laughs) you're no exception to this. These truths were written on your heart the day you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. But because of the saturation of the world coming into your life, you forgot them. We forgot them. We become like the Galatians. We drifted. We drifted, believed that we need to live a certain way. We drifted and believed that we need to to have a certain status, certain possessions, jumping through the hoops, chasing after the wind. Let me just ask you, aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of chasing and toiling? You're exhausted trying to measure up to other people? Haven't you had enough? Aren't you tired of feeling ashamed? Aren't you tired of feeling like you're not good enough? Walking with Jesus, friends, there is none of that. None of that. 
Jesus says in Matthew 11, come to me, you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Yoke for oxen, you, you lead just where we're we going. Jesus said, let me lead you. Why? The answer is that Paul gave it up front. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, no slave or free. There's no male or female. You are all one. We are all one in Jesus Christ. God's saying, forget what people think or say. God's telling us to stop looking to our left, looking to the right. This is where you find acceptance. And me, this is what God's telling us. Me, not the world. Me, not your neighbor. Me, not your boss. Me, not your friends. Me, not what social media says. Me and only me. That's what God's saying to every single one of you. He's saying you're breaking your own heart. And it's time to stop. It's time to stop. Stop comparing your life to all those who are around you. Church, your dad loves you more than I can ever put into words. So this morning, we're going to sing one last song. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. I want you to see these words on the screen. I want you to sing these words on the screen. I want you to praise these words on the screen. But what I want more than that is I want you to read the words. I want you to take the words on the screen and move them to your head. I want you to take the words in your head and move them to your heart and understand who you are in Jesus Christ. And what I'm going to do right now, I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward. And as we're singing, if there's something that you, it's time for you to let go, come forward. If you're realizing that we're singing a song, I belong to you, that Satan's been working in your life for you to look left and right and grab a hold of all this, and you're ready to break free, come forward. I'll be right here too. It's time for you and I to bust free. No longer be held captive. No longer sitting and living in the land of earth. And bring praises to God who loves us the most. That was just not as much for me as it was for you. The world, our enemy, is trying to steal my identity in Jesus. I know I'm not alone in that. He wants to remind you of who you were. Take your eyes off the grace that was poured out in your life to Jesus Christ. No more, church. No more. You belong to the Abba Father. Come on. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your glory. We thank you for your power. Thank you for your authority. Thank you for your love, your mercy your grace. We thank you for forgiveness. Thank you that you are all-powerful. 
but you're an intimate, loving dad. And it's your desire for, not, for us not to walk through this world as your children, aimlessly looking around. They will get on our knees in our lives and look up and understand that we have everything we need in you. Nothing in this world can satisfy us. Absolutely nothing. We love you. We worship you. In your son's holy name I pray. Amen. God bless church. Have an amazing week.